You are listening to the Scaling to Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Christina Bernhard, and this is episode 158. We are talking about ways to make your offer more valuable without giving discounts. So what I'm going to talk about today is the difference between your offer and your product, because there's a lot of confusion between the two. So I'm going to talk about that and just break that down. Um, and then I'm going to go into the five ways to increase your offer value, um, without necessarily giving discounts, because a lot of times that might be the easier way to see if something will sell better. Um, but what we want to do is to just increase the offer value. Um, and then also how to know what changes to make. So let's dive into the difference between an offer and a product um, and just break up that confusion between the two. Um, So the offer itself is not necessarily your product. So there are a lot of times where I'll hear someone say, I know my product is really good. My offer is really good. Um, But your offer is how you are presenting and um, giving your product, if that makes sense. So um, some things that are variables of the offer that I'm going to go over. Um, and I'm going to go over the ways to increase the value of these different things. Um, the offer itself can be the features of, you know, what it includes, um, and things like that. It can be the length of the program. It's the price point of the program. It's the level of support, whether that is one-on-one, does it have group support? Is it just community? Is there no support? Um, and then also types of support. So is that support through zoom calls, um, Facebook group, or do you do some live Q and A's? Um, is it all through email? What does that look like? And if you have any other bonuses that are tacked on to the product itself. So all of these things, you can have the same product, but with the offer, you can do things where you're changing the length of the program. What you can change, whether it's dripped, um, meaning that they don't get another module for, um, until they finish the first one or a certain time period that they've been in the group. Is it dripped over time? Do they get all of the content all at once? All of these things are still your product and still your content inside of it, but you're presenting it in such a different way that can make or break the actual offer and whether it sells. So the first thing that um, you can do, I mean, the first thing is that the value is relative to your audience. So um, the value, just because you make a program longer does not make it more valuable. It depends on what your audience wants. Um, So it's really important to tap into that and understand that from your audience. And I'm going to talk about ways to do that at the end of this episode. Um, But a couple of things that I want to go over that can increase your value. The first one is that you can change the length of the program. I've seen a huge change in the way that things sell because people have extended the length of a program or even shortened it. So does your client, your ideal client want longer support or do they want faster results? Because longer isn't always better. Some people actually just want a faster result. So they want a shorter program where, you know, a three month program might not look as good to them as a six week program. It depends on what you have. If you're offering something that um, includes a lot of support, then maybe they want a longer program because they want that longer time frame that they're having more support. Um, if your offer is something that gives them a very quick result, um, or maybe not quick result, but they, it gives them a very specific result. Um, they might actually want a shorter program and they don't want all of that extra time. Um, so, you know, a competitor who has, um, a promise of the same result, um, 
or the same outcome from their program, if it is shorter, they might actually go to the competition. So this is something where you have to figure out from your ideal client. You have to talk to your audience. Um, not something I would guess on. Uh, they have all of the answers, right? So if we just talk to them, they're going to know, and you'll just get some feedback that way. Another way that you can make your offer more valuable without necessarily changing the content of your offer is to offer a, I'm saying offer a lot, um, is to offer a higher level of support. So you could include more calls. Um, you could include less calls too. Some people, it might actually, they might feel like it's just your program looks like it's going to take a lot of time from them that they would rather spend in other areas. So maybe you want actually less calls, um, or maybe you want more, you know, uh, you can also include guest speakers and um, expertise from other places um, and just have collabs into your program. This can be a really great way to just enhance that value and have a more well-rounded program without you having to like learn a whole nother expertise or be able to provide this. Your guest speakers will get more exposure to your ideal client, so it, can, it might be a really great fit for a collab, um, or you can, of course, pay them um, or both, um, and you can also do other things where you do a monthly Q&A or a live. Like If your program does not already include calls, it's not that kind of program, um, maybe you can just add a little bit more support for people um, in a way that's sustainable. So if you just did a monthly live Q&A, that's something that we do in the Junior Ads Academy membership is I just hop on a live once a month and I answer everyone's questions. Um, so it just gives a little bit of extra support for a program where it's very self-paced and people do the work on their own. Um, but it allows them to get, you know, that extra support from me, um, as they are implementing things on their own. Um, another thing that you can do is offer bonuses. So this is a way that you can just add on something a little bit extra special, um, that is very complimentary to your program. You want to make sure that your bonus is not something that is like necessary for your program. You want your offer to be able to stand alone and it be its own valuable offer on its own. Um, but you can also just add in another bonus that can make it more enticing for people to want to, um, to purchase and to convert, but you can also do bundles as well. So you can add other products that are in your product suite and do bundles. I've seen this work really, really well, especially for evergreen funnels. We do, um, a lot of evergreen funnels that go to bundling up certain product, like products in someone's product suite. And that can be really, really, um, enticing for someone who is right for multiple offers. This really depends on your product suite. And if this makes sense to bundle the things that you do, um, if your different products are for very different people and people that are in different parts of their journey, it might not make so much sense. But if you do have a product suite of products that have very like niche, um, specific, like spotlight, um, outcomes, then this can be a really great, great way to just bundle them together and, um, create more sales that way. And it's just going to increase the value of it because they'll probably get some, ideally get some sort of discount by bundling them together. 
And the last thing that um, I'll add as an idea of what you could do is you could add, this is sort of like a bonus, but a very specific kind is um, include extra guides. So um, I really enjoy these and I see a lot of people um, get really great feedback on these. And what I'm talking about is having some sort of um, something extra to add to it that is like a roadmap um, or even something like troubleshooting tips. So uh, one example is I used to have a funnels course and in that funnels course, I did have a troubleshooting guide and people loved this guide. And what it was, was whenever your funnel wasn't working, the whole course was how to build a funnel. And, um, this guide was, um, if your funnel wasn't working, like you built it and everything like that, this was just sort of an add on. The course was not to, necessarily manage a funnel. It's to build it and get it off the ground. So it was like all the tech and the strategy behind it and all of that. And so this was just like an extra thing to add in there. So once you have your funnel up and running, um, if this metric is low, what can you do and what to do when this happens and that sort of thing. So it's just kind of like a little um, guide on what to do. Um, another thing is that people have different roadmaps um, where you have your, let's just say a course or some kind of program and you have multiple like sections of trainings and people can go down different roadmaps and choose specific trainings based on the kind of outcome that they have. Now, of course, this really depends on your program and what's in it and how it works and all of that. Um, but that is just another idea that I see a lot of people really finding the value to. Um, another thing uh, that I've seen before is having a like whole entire project plan where you can have a checklist of things to do for the entire program. So it's basically all of the to-do items from all, like all the deliverables from all of your modules and your different lessons all put together in one like project plan that people can go through the lessons and the deliverables are already pulled out of the lessons for them. So they have action steps for each one. Um, that can be really, really helpful and just a way to like nicely wrap up your program in a way that feels more actionable for your students. So those are just some ideas that you can do. Um, once you have some ideas in mind, the best thing to do is to find out which to do. And so um, I want to talk a little bit about that because we definitely don't want to just do a ton of guessing. It's not the worst thing in the world to do. If things aren't working, changing things up and just seeing what works like that's kind of the game, but we really want to be validating this with feedback. So there are a few ways that you can do this. The first one is if you do have a funnel or an evergreen funnel that you are sending traffic through, you can add a survey at the end of the funnel. I don't think this should be the only thing that you do to uh, gather feedback, but this can be really, really helpful to just get a higher volume of feedback. It's not going to be um, typically as valuable depending on what kind of survey you're putting at the end. But even if you just had a simple like clickable one or a multiple choice one, um, you can try to do an open-ended one. You'll get less responses, but there'll be more valuable. So this kind of depends on the level of traffic that you have going through your funnels, but just having a survey at the end of the funnel makes it where everyone who goes to the funnel and does not purchase, they all get a survey. Um, it's just a, you know, why you didn't buy survey. And so they can tell you what they thought of your program and why they are hesitating to purchase or why they didn't. And this can be really, really helpful over time because you'll start to see trends and you'll have a better idea on what things that you should actually change. 
Another thing you can do is you can offer something in exchange for a market research call. If we can get some of your ideal clients on a phone call, that is ideal because we can have conversations with them. We can ask follow-up questions and we can really get down to how their mind is working, what they're really needing and what they're really looking for. And then we can make these changes and it can completely change your sales. Um, so you'd be surprised how many people are actually willing to get on a call. Um, just to answer your questions, I've been shocked by this because in my mind, I'm just like, who on earth is going to actually get on a call and answer my questions, um, just for, you know, some feedback. And I actually have not had problems getting people on calls at all. People like to share their stories and, and most people, they really genuinely just want to help. Um, so you can also offer something in exchange though. I have done many times just doing like a Starbucks gift card or PayPal them like $25 or something like that, um, for the call. Um, or you can also even do like a free, uh, coaching call or pick my brain session or something like that, where you can just do a 45 minute call. And the first 25 minutes is market research. And then the last bit of the call, they can pick your brain or you can help them with something. Um, and you can just do sort of an exchange. So a lot of people are really willing to do that. And I highly recommend it because after you have conversations with your ideal client, you just have such a clearer vision on what to change and what to do. Um, another thing that you can do is you can offer downsells. So, um, and this isn't really a feedback thing necessarily, but just to help you know, increase revenue, um, offering downsells. I see a lot of, um, success with. So if someone does not purchase your pro product or your program or something like that, um, there's still people that you spent a lot of time warming up and they've been through your funnel, especially if they've been engaged through the entire funnel, but they just didn't purchase at the end, offering some, them something that is technically a downsell in your product suite, um, can be really, really effective. Cause again, they're warmed up, they know you really well now. Um, the offer just wasn't right. And so maybe they're just not ready for it. And that downsell is perfect for them. So I highly recommend adding that as well. So that is what I have for you today. I hope that this helped just give you some ideas on ways that you can increase the value of that offer um, and ways that you can also just make it better to sell more and get that feedback from people and have a very clear vision on some next steps to try. And um, I will tell you that it's definitely a journey and it's something that I see all the time when you have, especially when you have a newer product that you've never sold before for. Even if you have had successful launches, my clients are always creating new offers and sometimes they do well. And sometimes they don't just because you have been able to sell one thing before does not mean that every single offer is going to sell. So you're likely going to have to make tweaks and, you know, change these different variables and see what your ideal client really wants, um, and make those changes and see how that goes. And it's just kind of an, like constant evolving process until you really find what clicks. And even though you do find what clicks, sometimes Sometimes over a couple of years, it starts to decline and the market changes and people just want something else. Um, sometimes that happens over six months. Sometimes it's over three months. Sometimes it's three years. So you just have to always be on the pulse. And so you'll always be using these different skills to tweak these different variables within your offer. And then also just having a habit of constantly doing market research. Um, you can have a system where you're doing this quarterly 
um, where all of your funnels have surveys at the end of them, um, just so that you're always getting feedback. You're always listening to your audience and understanding them on a deeper level. That's going to really shorten this time frame of when you are trying to figure out how to get your offer to sell and it actually taking off. So I hope that you found this helpful. Um, I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Scaling to Freedom podcast. If you are a seven-figure coach looking for ads management with an agency that partners with you to get your work out into the world and amplify your impact, see if we are a good fit by applying for a spot in our agency at christinabernhard.com slash apply. Find the link in our show notes.